We begin the Gemara Terem, Pedal Damad Beis, about 12 lines up from the bottom of the Yomud, where it says Tsar. Bringing it here again from the Mishnah, the beginning of the Pedic. The Mishnah said, Tsar, when you uh, injure another person, so you have to pay for the pain that you caused him. And the Mishnah brings the example, Kavay Bishpud, if you burn him with a uh, hot spit, or with a hot nail, and you burn them on his fingernails. And over here, you didn't cause him any, any actual injury that you would have to pay for the damage or, uh, that, that's caused now that his value goes down, but just the pain itself. So you have to pay just Tsar. This that our mission is saying here, that you pay just for the pain itself, even in a case where there is no damage caused, Mantana. Who's the Tana that says that you pay it in such a case? In other words, maybe you would say you only pay for the Tsar when there's a real money damage that's caused, Maybe then you also pay for the pain caused. But here you see the Mishnah saying you pay just for the Tsar alone. Who's the Tana that says this? Amarav Sarav says Benazahi. It's the opinion of Benazai as we see here in this Braise. The Tanya and Abraise, it brings a Machloikis, how we translate the Pasik here. Rabbi, Aimer Rabbi says, when the Torah says Kviya, and the Pasik, it says Kviya Tachas Kviya, which literally means a burn for a burn. So you're paying for the burn. Petza Tachas Patza, Chabura Tachas Chabura which are two other expressions regarding a wound or injury that you cause a person. So what does the title mean when it says in the beginning of the Pasuk, it says Kviya. Then at the end of the Pasuk, it mentions Chabura, that there's a wound here. So Rabbi says, Kviya nem It says in the Pasuk first, a Kviya, just a burn. Benazai says, Chabura nem It says in the title first, Chabura, a wound. That's it. Till there's the Lashon of the Braisa. It's not exactly clear what they're trying to say. And if you look in the Pasuk, it, it says Kviya first. Chabura says in the end of the Pasik. What does Benazai mean when he says that it says Chabura first? So the Gemara explains this here. What is the explanation of the argument here between Rabbi and Benazai? So Rabbi says the explanation is as follows. Rabbi Savar, the way Rabbi learns his Pasik is, what, what both Rabbi and Benazai are coming to address is, why is the Torah repeating these things? It, it, they seem to be all the same concept, that you cause a wound, a burn, or something, an injury to someone, that you have to pay for it. So why is the Torah saying these different Lashanis? So Rabbi says as follows, when the Torah says Kviya, the term Kviya, which means a burn, that sounds like the Lesba Chabura. We're talking about a burn where there was no other wound involved in this, just the pain of the burn itself, Mashma, that's what it sounds like. That's when the Torah writes first Kviya. Then, when the Torah writes afterwards, the term Chabura, that there's a wound there, it's adding the word Chabura afterwards to come and reveal what the meaning of the Kviyeh that it meant in the beginning. Again, it's coming to clarify what it means when it says in the beginning, the word Kviyeh in the Pasik, that that is the Ispa Chabura, that you only have to pay for a burn, which is the pain, only if it's a case where there's also a wound, and you're paying the money damage that there is of the wound, then in then you pay for the burn as well. But if it was just a burn itself, for that you don't pay. So that's what Rabbi meant when Rabbi said, Rabbi is saying that it starts off with Kviya, but then after that, the Pasuk clarifies and writes the word Chabura to come and say that the Kviya has to be dafka together with a Chabura. Only then do you pay for the burn. However, when Benazai says Chabura Nemrat Chila, what does Benazai mean to say? Kviya, this Bachabura Mashma. If the Torah would just write the word Kviya, a burn, I would think what kind of burn is the Torah talking about? A burn which creates a wound. That's what I would think if it would just write Kviya. 
Then, then when the Torah writes afterwards, separately, Chabura, that is a wound, <laughs> so now what this actually does is, it clarifies regarding the term of a burn, when it says, the that Yochayev, even if it's just for a burn alone. <coughs> so therefore, when Rabbi, or Benazir that is, when Benazir says the words, according to this pshat, what he means to say is, the kviya that it says in the beginning, the kviya would mean a kviya with a chabura. Then the Torah writes chabura afterwards separately to let you know that no, that the chabura is, is um, that the kviya is separate and the chabura is separate. And therefore the kviya is even without any chabura. So what comes out from this? The chabura means a chabura separately. Yeah, the Gemara is going to explain that soon. But the, the kviya in the beginning means a kviya, a burn without any wound. So it comes out of here according to Rav's Pshat that the Mishnah that says Yechayev just for the kviya, for the burn alone, that follows according to Rabbi's, uh, according to Ben Azai that is. Ben Azai says kviya the less chabura. That when it says in the Torah in the beginning kviya means even without a wound. Ask if Lord of Pope, of Pope asks on this pshat, Adarabe. No, on the contrary. Ipcha mistavra. This lotion of the Brais we brought, it's logical to interpret it the opposite. And Rashi explains that one of the reasons why it makes sense to say it in the opposite is because according to this pshat, it comes out that we have over here a Stam Mishnah that goes Dafka according to Benazai and not according to Rebbe. The way Rav is going to explain this now, Rav Papa is going to explain this now is no. Punkt Vakar, it makes sense. Rebbe, he was Misadi the Mishnayas. So probably the Stam Mishnah goes according to Rabbi, not according to Benazai. So therefore he, he translates the words of the Braise the exact opposite. Rabbi Yoyme, Kviya Nemrat Chilo, when Rabbi uses these words, Kviya Nemrat Chilo, what does he mean to say by this? So Savar, he holds as follows, Kviya the Ispa Chabura Mashma. When the Torah writes the word Kviya in the beginning, it, it, would, it would mean a Kviya, a burn that does have a wound in it. So therefore, Kasur Rachmana Chabura. The Torah writes afterwards separately Chabura. Legluya Allah the Kviya the Lespa Chabura to clarify that the two separate things. The Kviya in the beginning is just a burn, and the Chabura, the wound in the end of the pasuk, is just a wound. That's what Rabbi means when he says Kviya Namrat Chilo. So the Kviya Namrat Chilo that Rabbi says, he's not saying what I would have thought. I would have thought that the Kviya in the beginning is alone. What he's saying is that now that the Torah wrote Chabura. Now I know that the kviya, the burn in the beginning of the Pasik, is to be understood as a burn alone, without any wound. That's what kviya namrat chila means. Yeah. And Benazi Yoimer, Benazi says, Chabura namrat chila. What does he mean by that? So Savar, he holds, kviya the lespa chabura mashma. If the Torah would not write chabura, if it would only write kviya, then I would say kviya means without any wound, just a burn alone. But then the Torah writes Chabura separately to come and clarify what the meaning of the Kviya is, the Ispa Chabura. That it's only if there's a wound together with it, in, then you pay for the burn. But if not, not. The Gemara explains, according to this Pshat of Rav Pape, when Rabbi and Ben Azai say what they're saying. Right? Rabbi is saying that Kviya Namrat Chila, Ben Azai is saying Chabura Namrat Chila, that expression that they're saying doesn't refer to what I would have thought the meaning of the word kviya is had the Torah not written the word chabura. What they're saying is what the meaning of the word kviya is now after the fact, after the Torah wrote the word chabura. <coughs> and Rabbi is saying after the Torah writes the word chabura, kviya means just a burn alone. And Ibn Azai is saying after the Torah writes the word chabura, it's actually coming to say that the burn is together with a wound. So according to this, it comes out that the Mishnah is going according to Rabbi. You pay just for the burn alone, even if there's no other wound.
Inami, the Gemara says another explanation for the machlaikis here between Rabbi and Benazai. The Kula Alma, they both would agree, Kviya, the term Kviya that the Tater writes, a burn, Ben this Pachabura, Ben the less Pachabura, it could be both. It could be with a wound, without a wound. If it's on the fingernail, it's without a wound. If it's on another place in the person's body, it could be with a wound. From there itself, you can't prove anything. Bahacha, over here, what's the machlaikis between Rabbi and Benazai if you have to pay in a case where there's a burn without a wound? What they're arguing is, usually in the Torah, when the Torah first writes a cloud, it writes something in a general term. And then afterwards it writes a specification that it's only in this case. So what's the rule? How do you read the Pasik? That if it's writing the Prat, it's specifying what it is. So the Halacha only applies to that Prat. That's what the Torah is specifying. But over here you have similar, right? First the Torah writes, Kviya Tachas Kviya. Kviya is considered here to be a klal. It just says a burn, and it doesn't specify what type of burn. Then in the end of the Pasuk, it says, Chabura tachas chabura, which is specifying with a wound. Now in between, it says, Petza tachas potza. That's a break here in the Pasuk. That Petza tachas potza is darshan for something else, as we'll see later in the Gemara. But you have over here the klal, and then you have the prat, but there's a break between the klal and the prat. So now that's here the machlaikis. Rabbi Sava, Rabbi says, Ein dana noisai beklala prat. And because there's a break in between the word kviya <coughs> and what it says afterwards chabura, we can't say that the word chabura comes to clarify what kviya means, that it's only a burn together with a wound. So therefore, the, the, you chayiv for the burn separately, you chayiv for a wound separately. But Benazai Sava, Benazai says, even though there's a break in between with the word petzatachas still we darshan kviya and then chabura as a klala prat. <clears throat> and therefore, it's coming to say that you have to pay only if the burn is together with the wound. Now, if you'll argue and say, according to Rabbi, why does the Torah have to say the word Chabura if, when it writes Kviya and then Chabura, it's not a Klalaprat. It's just the Kviya we, we learn separately, you have just for the burn. So when the Torah writes later, Chabura, what are you learning out from that? Answers the Gemara, Ladamim Yisaitim. Over here it's coming to say that the extra monies that you have to pay when there's actually a wound and there's a damage to the value of the person's body, the fact that then when there's both pain and damage to the person's body that you have to pay for the damage, the Nezek, that's what the Torah writes by here by Chabura that you pay for that damage. That's Rashi's Prat in the Gemara. Teisvis asks on this because there's another source for this that you have to pay. Well, that's the simple Prat. That's how Rashi teaches Domim Yisaitim here. And now the Mishnah continued and explained when you're evaluating to pay the pain that you cause the person, how do you evaluate? What, what's the value of pain? Hmm. So the Mishnah says you evaluate how much would a person uh, ask money in order to be ready to go through a certain pain, this, this kind of pain that uh, you did here for him. That's what it says in the Mishnah. So the Gemara says, Tsar b'mokin nezek, when there's pain, in a case where there's also a real damage, hey how is this evaluated? So the Mepharshim say the main question of the Gemara is in a place where there is a real damage, meaning if you, if you uh, burn a person's fingernail and you want to evaluate how much to, to pay for that is, so it's simple, you, you ask a person how much would he be ready to, how much money would he want to be ready to have his fingernail burnt. But if you're going to come and ask a person how much money would you be ready would you want for the pain that, that, that there is in, in cutting off a hand? No normal person would be ready, as we'll see the Gemara is going to say, no normal person would be ready to accept any payment for such a kind of a pain. So therefore, Tsar, when you're causing a real permanent damage to his body, the Gemara wants to figure out how do you evaluate this kind of payment? 
What, what, who, who's going to be ready to take any payment for this kind of a pain? So the father of Shmuel said as follows, We estimate how much money would a person want to take to cut off his hand. That's what the father of Shmuel said. Okay, so the Gemara is going to explain what he meant to say, because like I said, this is not, this is not the explanation for this. You can't really evaluate it this way. The Gemara asks here right away. First of all, the Gemara asks, you're evaluating how much a person would get paid if you would ask him if he wants to have his hand cut off. First of all, over here, it's not just the pain that uh, goes into this. There's the other modes of payment as well. Yeah, There's the damage, his value goes down. So we're trying to evaluate just the pain for itself. Over here, the money is going to include much more. Besides that, the Gemara asks, well, additionally, the question here is, is are we talking about foolish, a foolish person that would be ready to give us, ready to get paid a certain sum of money to have his hand cut off? A person wouldn't be ready for any money in the world to have his hand cut off. Elo says the Gemara, what he meant to say is, to cut off a hand which is already more or less detached from his body. We're talking about a hand here that is still physically attached, but it's not active at all. It, it, it can't move, it can't do anything, so it's a hand really, that he has really no use of this. And that's, that's the uh, hand that the person, what would he be ready to, to get paid to have it cut off? In fact, the Gemara, uh, even this hand that's already partially cut off and it's not active anymore, but it's also not a good evaluation because it's not just the pain that's involved in this by cutting off this hand. There's pain in this and there's also embarrassment for this. Because it's embarrassing for the person that from the flesh of his body you take off, you cut, and then it's thrown to the dogs. So you're not evaluating just the pain alone here. Ella says the Gemara, the way you evaluate it is as follows. What you evaluate is, how much would a person be, 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 want to take to get paid? A person that the, that the king, the government, he has a punishment that they're going to cut off his hand. And it could be cut off with uh, some kind of a sam, uh, some kind of a poison, whatever it is, that won't be so painful. Or it would be cut off with a sword, which would be more painful. How much would this person be ready to take to get paid that it should be cut off in a more painful manner? That, that's the kind of money that you evaluate what the tsar is worth. So Amri, on this they said also, Hachanami here as well, a person wouldn't be ready to take any amount of money that uh, to cause this kind of a suffering for himself. So it's also not a, a, a yeah. kind of a way that you could evaluate that there's any kind of money that a normal person would be ready to get paid for this. Ella says the Gemara, rather it's the opposite way around. What you evaluate is, how much would this person not be ready to take, but how much would this person be ready to pay? When his punishment that the government is giving him is to cut off his hand by a sword, and he would be ready to pay to prevent that pain, and it should only be cut off by a, by a sam, by a poison, which won't be as painful as with, as with the sword. That's the amount of money that evaluates that uh, to prevent that kind of a pain, so that's what he's ready to pay to prevent that pain, that shows you what the value of this pain is. 
but okay, now here the Gemara says this is this is the right evaluation. But if so, it doesn't fit into the lashon of the Mishnah and the lashon that Avuah Shmuel said. High litoils. If so, why is he saying that we evaluate how much money would a person want to be paid to take to, for, for this pain? According to this evaluation here, how much would a person be ready to pay to prevent this kind of pain for himself? says, yeah, it does fit into the Lashon of the Mishnah and Avod Shmuel, because what he meant to say is, that the person over here, that the pain was caused to him, takes from the one that caused him the pain, so the Litoil is referring to the actual payment here. When, when you pay to this person, and you pay according to the valuation that this person is ready to pay to prevent this kind of pain for himself. So the little wasn't going on the actual evaluation, the little was going on the actual payment that you have to pay. And it's based on what you give, what a person would be ready to give to prevent this kind of pain. The next thing the mission discussed was the paying the medical bills. You call someone a wound, an injury, you have to pay for the bills. So we learned, and this is the mission brought this up, and here the Brice goes through the details about this. If because of this wound that you caused this person, not as blisters that developed there. Or also a person that the makkah was healed, but then it, it, it went back, it didn't heal fully. So on, in both of these cases, it's the obligation of the person that caused this wound to heal him. Even though it's not mamish, the wound itself, but it's caused by the wound that you, uh, that you made. So you have, to pay, you have to pay for this as well. And you also have to pay for the, the money that why, or this person is unemployed, why he can't work why, because of this wound. If there are blisters that develop in the person, but it's not as a result of this wound, then so then you don't have to pay for the bills for that, uh, for those blisters. Mm-hmm. And you also don't have to pay for the time that he can't work because of uh, whatever smachim blisters develop that is not a result of your wound. Also, when there's blisters that develop as a result of your wound that you caused him, you are chayev to pay the bill, the medical bills for that, but the fact that he's unemployed, he can't work in that time when he's dealing with these blisters, that you don't have to pay for. The third opinion, they say, the payment of the fact that he can't work and the payment for the medical bills, they go together. If you have to pay for his unemployment, you have to pay for the medical bills. But if you're not have to pay for the unemployment, so regarding this case, Rabbi Yehuda said, if it's blisters that were caused by the Makkah, but you don't pay for the unemployment because of that, so just like you don't pay for the unemployment, you don't pay for the doctor bills either, even though these blisters were called by, caused that is, by the Makkah itself. That's the Braise, three opinions here. Says the Gemara What is the case that they're arguing about? In a, in a, in a case where it's simply uh, blisters that came from the actual uh, makkah itself, it's mamish caused directly from the makkah itself. They wouldn't be arguing for sure. The one that caused this kind of a wound has to pay for it. So, what exactly is the case that they're arguing about? I encountered the students that were in the besmedrish and the yeshiva learning. The yasvi v'kamri. They were sitting and they explained this as follows. The case over here is This person that got this wound, he wants to bandage it in order for him not to suffer so much. If you leave the, the, the wound exposed, so the cold, the wind causes the person suffering. So he wants to bandage it to prevent that, uh, the wind to cause him the suffering. 
But other thing is, if you bandage it, if you don't, if, if uh, the bandaging itself could cause additional blisters. And so on one hand, he wants to prevent himself from the, the, the pain that he has while it's exposed. But on the other hand, now by bandaging it, you could be causing additional, the body heats up around the area and it can cause blisters. So that's the machlekes here. Rabbanan say, Maka nitnaleget. If a person has a wound and it's painful for him, so he has the full right to go and bandage it, even if that as a result causes blisters, but it's, he wants to bandage it, and then the one that caused this wound is going to have to pay for the medical bills for the blisters that are caused as a result. He has the right to, to, to bandage it. Rabbi says, that no, you cannot bandage it, even though you're going to be suffering because of this, but by doing this, you're causing blisters, and then you're going to be obligate the person that caused the wound to pay for it, if you're putting the bandage on it and that's causing the blisters, so then that's your negligence. You know that that will cause blisters. You have to leave it exposed to be able to heal. So therefore, he explains that Arab Yehuda holds there's a difference between paying for the medical bills and paying for the unemployment. Ripoy, when it comes to paying for the medical bills, the Tone Beikra, where the Torah says a double lotion. It says in the Pasik, Verapoy Yerape. So there it says a double lotion, Mechaev. So even though this was caused by the person himself that bandaged it, he brought, he caused those blisters for himself. Nevertheless, the double lotion teaches me that the one that caused the wound has to pay. Sheves, the loytonu bekra, but when it comes to paying for the unemployment where there is no double lotion in the Pasuk, loy mechaev. So then you don't have to pay here for the blisters that cause them to be unemployed because it's your fault. You bandaged yourself and you, caught, you brought these blisters. That was the explanation that the Talmudim and the Yeshiva said for this argument. Right? And now, they didn't explain according to the Chachamim, but the Chachamim hold that Sheves and Ripu, he doesn't hold of this drasha, of this double lotion by Ripu. The Gemara explains later that he learned something else out from it. He holds that the unemployment and the medical bills is the same thing. If it's caused by this person damage, uh, bandaging himself, then uh, the one that p- brought the wound doesn't have to pay for this. That's what they were saying. Rabbi says, and I told them, it's not a good pshat. Because imako, lenitno le'aget. If it's true that you're saying here that the, the Rabbi Yehuda holds that you're not supposed to, the person that has this wound now is not supposed to put a bandage on it. Why? Because then he's mamish causing himself to get these blisters. So you can't say that the double lotion of the Pasik is telling me that the chayvul, the one that caused the wound, that he should pay for this. If it's totally, purely the negligence of this person that's putting the bandage, and that's mamish causing the, the blisters, so then how, how, how would Rabbi Yudah say that the chayvul has to pay for this? Ella, therefore, Rabbi said, the machleik is here in the following case, and you have to understand it like this. The everybody agrees, <coughs> that you could bandage a wound. Because if you bandage a wound properly, and you put the bandage just on the wound itself, it's not going to cause any blisters to, to develop as a result. And therefore, there's, that's, there's, there's no issue with that. <laughs> However, the question over here is, regarding putting on a bandage, and you're spreading the bandage wider than where the wound itself is, by adding a little bit extra to the bandage, that could cause blisters to come in a way that it wasn't even necessary, mitzad the wound itself. Here's where the Machlekes is. Rav Yudis says, because the person shouldn't be putting on an extra bandage, putting on the extra bandage more than necessary, this could cause the blisters to come. So therefore, we say as follows. Regarding the medical bills as a result of this extra bandage, for that he is going to have to pay, because you have the extra in the posse. 
Right, so the Rishayim over here explained, even though Rabbi before asked that if a person is doing something and it's his negligence that's causing these blisters to come, why should the Chayvul have to pay for this? But the answer is over here, it's not such a level of negligence because bandaging a wound is okay. It's perfect. It doesn't, doesn't cause any blisters. The fact that he spreads out the bandage a little bit more, it's very, very difficult to be sure that the bandage should be specific to, on the wound itself. So spreading the bandage a little bit more is not considered to be a real negligence. It's such a big level of negligence. And for this, the Pasuk says that the chayvul, the one that caused the wound, has to pay for this. Sheves, the late ton But when it comes to sheves, the unemployment, where there's no double lashon of the Pasuk, for that, you don't have to pay. The Rabbanan Savri, the Rabbana, which is the first opinion in the Braise, they hold Kivin the Tanabekra, Biripoi. Since the Tater writes a double lotion regarding the, the medical bills, the rights of Arapa Yarape, that you have to pay for this as well when you have this extra bandage that causes these blisters. Ashavis Nami Machayev. That double lotion teaches me regarding the payment of the unemployment, which it says in the very same postic, Shifta Yitim Verapa Yarape. So it goes on both to say that you have to pay for the medical bills as well, and for the medical bills that is, and for the unemployment as well. The Iskish Liripoi, because we compare them to each other. Now the Gemara explains, Rabbi Yudah says, Sheves loy even though it says in the Postic, the Sheves, together with the Ripui, but nevertheless, we can't compare them, why not? The Mi'eter because the other Torah writes an extra word to exclude that you would be Pater. Rak, the Torah says the word Rak, Rak Shifta Yitain, and then it says Verapa Yerape. So therefore the medical bills is something that you have to pay even when you put this extra bandage and which causes these blisters that you have to pay for. But for the unemployment, that you don't have to pay for. The Rabbanon, the Rabbanon don't learn out from this rak, this drasha. Rak l'shaloi machmas hamakudasa. From the word rak, they learn out if there's blisters that develop, but it's not a result of this wound, that you don't have to pay for that. That's what the rak is going on. But over here, when you have that extra bandaging, which causes then these blisters to come, that you do have to pay for. And you have to pay both for the medical bills <laughs> and for the unemployment. Now you have the third opinion in the Braise, the Omri, what, are the, what is the third opinion in the Braise? They say, Anytime you have to pay for the unemployment, so you have to pay also for the medical bills. If you don't pay for the unemployment, you don't pay for the medical bills either. So therefore the Rabbana's opinion is, when you put this extra bandaging, and in such a case, because it says, so you don't pay for the unemployment, you don't pay for the medical bills either. So Ripoy the Tanabekra Lomali. Rabbi Yehuda says that in such a case you do pay for the medical bills because there's a double ocean regarding Rapa Yerape. The Rabbanon, the third opinion in the Braise, doesn't learn from that. So what do they learn out from the extra words of Rapa Yerape? What they learn out from here is, look at the Tan of the Be'er Rabbi Shmuel. The Tan of the Be'er Rabbi Shmuel, Oimer, we learned in the Braise, by Rabbi Shmuel they taught, when it says, the double ocean in the Pasuk, what is it saying? From here we learn that a doctor has permission to heal a person. Rashi says, otherwise you would think that if the Be'er makes a person sick, it's exedim and hashemayim, so only the Ebeshter should heal him. Nobody else should uh, intervene on what the Ebeshter is doing to a person. So the Torah says, no, it's not so. That the Torah is giving reshus for the reifel rapais, and it's not only a reshus, but it's also the Torah is empowering the doctors, the shliach of the Ebeshter, to come and, and heal a person. 
another we learned another version about this halacha. How do we know if a person has blisters that develop because of this wound? Or in a case where the wound was not fully healed and it comes back, that the person that caused this wound has to pay for this. And he also has to pay for the unemployment during this time period. So that, uh, which means that not only for the actual wound itself, but it includes also for the blisters that develop as a result. I would think that you have to pay even for blisters that are not a result of this actual wound. That's why the Titus says the word rak to exclude that you don't have to pay for that. Even when there's blisters that are a result of the wound itself, potter. You'll be potter. Shanema rak, because the Titus says the word rak. That's what Rabbi Yisabar Yudis says. Now, it's not clear when Rabbi Yisabar Yudis says that Yipotr, is he going on the medical bills or is he speaking about even the unemployment as well? So the Gemara says there are two versions what Rabbi Yisabar Yudis meant. Ikidomri, there are those that said, Af legamri basroi. What he meant to say is that when you have these blisters that develop because of the wound itself, and as the Gemara explained before, the case is that you put on this bandage that was too uh, wide and therefore it caused these blisters, that in such a case... The one that caused the wound is part to pay both for the unemployment and for the medical bills. So Rabbi Yisab is following the, the last opinion of the Rabbanan in the Brais that we quoted before. Another version is, What he meant to say is, you're going to be part to pay from the unemployment that the person has in this time. But you still have to pay for the medical bills. According to whose opinion is he going like? Like his father, this is Rabbi Yaisi by Yehuda, and before Rabbi Yehuda said that there's a distinction between the unemployment and the medical bills in, in such a kind of case when the blisters come from the Makkah when you put on this bandage. Omar, the Braise here said, Yochel, I would think to say, that when a person has blisters that develop not a result of the wound, as a result of the wound, that you still have to pay for this. And Tamad Marak. The word rak says, excludes that you don't have to pay for this. So the Gemara asks, If there's uh, blisters that is not a result of this wound, you need a Pasuk to say that you potter, why would I think that he has to pay for it? It has nothing to do with this wound. So they answer and explain, What does it mean when you have blisters or some kind of a, something that develops, not as a result of this maka? What it means is as follows. The Tanya, the Braise says, what happens with this person that has this wound and the doctor gave him instructions how, what to do, what he should eat, what he should not eat and he's not listening to the doctor. He's eating honey, I call me nemesike, or all the sweets. And the Bryce explains, eating, drinking or eating honey and other sweet things. It's not good for this wound to, to help it to heal. And then, because he didn't listen to the doctor, as a result, this wound developed a gargusni, which Gemara is soon going to translate what that means. I would think that the person that caused this wound has to heal him as well. That's what the Torah is saying, that in such a case, you don't have to pay for it. Because this person was negligent, he didn't listen to the doctor, he didn't follow the doctor's instructions. My gargusni, what is the meaning of this gargusni that develops when a person eats these sweets? It means nosa krichta, okay, which is uh, some kind of uh, dead skin or dead flesh in the body that develops as a result. Mayas vase, what's the healing for this? Ohala, you have to take ohala, which is some kind of herb, 
aloe, the kira, and wax, the kalba, and then the sediments that are at the bottom of a wine barrel. And you mix them together and you put it on this wound. <coughs> okay, that's, so that's uh, what this Bryce was talking about regarding this case when it's a uh, blisters or this ailment that comes not as a result of the wound itself, but it's when the person wasn't listening to the doctor. Okay, now the Gemara goes on and says a different halacha. Now when you're paying for the medical bills, who exactly is the doctor over here that has to heal this? If the chayvul himself, the one that that made this wound, comes to the person and says, I'm a doctor, I'll heal you. Amalei, so the person that has this wound now can answer him and say, You're like a predatory lion. I don't want to have you that caused this wound to me to be now my doctor. He doesn't have to accept it. If he tells him, my sinner, I'll bring you a doctor which is free of charge. The word, the word bimogin there seems to be extra in the Gemara here. Amalei, so he could answer him, A doctor that's free of charge is worth nothing. It's a, a doctor that pay you, that uh, you're paying him, he pays attention to make sure that his patients are healed properly. If you're not paying him, then you can't uh, trust that he will heal properly. If the chayvul says, my I have a certain doctor that's close to me and he's going to give me a cheap price. He's coming from a far place. So the the nechbal, the person can say, no, when you when you use a doctor that's from a faraway place, he could blind your eye. Because he's not afraid about his reputation. He's here and he leaves. And so, so therefore you can't trust him. Now if the nechbal, the person that has this wound, comes and says, you know what? Instead of you paying directly the doctor or paying the medical bills, give me the money. And I'll take the money and I'll find the doctor. I'll heal myself. So then the chayvul could say, no, I'm not going to give you the money because Pasha's been nafshach. You're going to be negligent with yourself. And then you're going to end up taking from me an extra payment because the payment for healing this wound is going to be much more because you're, you're trying to heal yourself. You're not using the, the, the properly. I'm going to pay the doctor directly. If the Nachbal says, You know what? So let's evaluate what the payment is supposed to be for, by a doctor and then give the money to me. <laughs> so, but no, the Chayvul could still say, Definitely, I'm not going to trust you. You're going to get this money and that you're not necessarily going to use this money to go and heal yourself. And then people are going to turn around and, and say that me, the Chayvul, I'm like an ox that damaged someone and I didn't even pay up for it. Look, the person is still with his wound and I never paid for it. So I want to pay. I want to make sure you get healed. I'm going to pay the doctor bills directly. In Abraisa, we learned the Kulon Mishtalmen. All of these that we mentioned in the Mishnah, right? When we paid Tsar, Ripoy, Sheves, Baishas, the payments for the other kinds of things, they're all paid even when there's the Nezek, there's an actual real damage in the value of the body of the person, and you're paying for that Nezek, as the Mishnah described how you pay that. Even when there's Nezek, you also pay for the other payments as well. What's the source for this? So here you learn a lot from these words. Those extra words of wound for a wound is referring to, is it extra words to say that you pay for all the modes of payment even when you're paying for the actual damage itself. So you pay for the pain even when you're paying for the nezek as well and the same with the other payments as well. How you learn it out from You need that those words of to tell me that you pay for a shaygik like a mezid, whether it's something that happened by an anus, you pay just like if you did it willingly. 
depends what kind of ayinus the truth is. It's, as we had earlier in the Masechta, but the point here is that a person, the Adam Hamazik, is chayef to pay even when it was something which was a mistake or an ayinus. Adam Adam is Adam wood la'ilam, and he always has to pay. You learn a lot from these words here. Imkain says the Gemara, but if that's what you learn out from here, nichtiv kra petza bipetza. Could just write petza bipetza, wound for a wound. My petza tachas petza, the extra word of tachas shmaminotarti. So you can learn from here two different things. You learn also this halacha that you pay for the pain, even when there's also the payment for the damage itself. A papim shmederava mar omakra. You learn out the fact that you pay other payments besides the damage itself, because the Torah says, the double lotion of tells me, that you pay for the medical bills, even when you already paid for the value of the damages that are caused to him. But how could you learn from this double lotion? We, we learn here from something else, as we quoted before. We learn from here the permission given to a doctor to heal a person. If it's speaking to the doctor that he has permission to heal, it should have said, the doctor heals. So the fact that it is, so the fact that the Torah does not say this lotion of, is coming to say that you have to pay for the medical bills even when you already paid for his damages. There's still another drasha that we learn from this pasuk, as we mentioned before, according to another opinion. The Torah is writing the double lashon to say that you pay even in a case where the blisters develop from this wound when you put a bandage on it, too much of a bandage. So we, we need a double lashon for that as well. The pasuk, if it wants to say a double lashon, it could use the double lashon, both words the same. Oi rape rape oi ye rape ye rape. My virapo ye rape. Not only does it use a double lotion, but it also changes the lotion. Why is it doing that? From here we learn out that there's the payment of Rafua, even in the place where there's also payment for the damages. That's the explanation of this Braisa. Now the Gemara says, Miklau. What do I see from all of this? The Meshkachas Luhu, Shaloi Bemokim Nezek. That it's possible that there should be payment for the Tsar, for, for pain, or Ripoy, for the medical bills, or Sheves, for the unemployment, or Baishes, for embarrassment, even without a case where there's an actual injury, where there's damage that you have to pay for that. So the Gemara asks, Heichem Meshkachas Luhu Tsar, Heichem Meshkachas Luhu. What exactly is the case? that this happens where you have to pay even when there's no actual damage here. So the Gemara spells out all the examples where it's possible. Tsar, a case where you're just paying for pain, even though there's no actual injury to the body of the person where his value of his body is affected. Kedektani, like we learned in the Mishnah, that Tsar is kvoi bishpud, if you, if you burn the person with a shpud, with a spit, or you bimasmer with a hot nail, the vafil al on his fingernail, in a place where it doesn't cause any other damage to the value of the person. Makim doesn't cause him any permanent wound. Ripui, when is there medical bills when there's no payment for any other damages? In a case where the Avakavli Midi, where a person had a wound, Visalik, and the wound was healing, and this person came along and put some kind of a potion, some sharp potion on this wound here, and instead of helping him, instead of healing him, he was negligent, and he put this on it, and it actually caused the opposite effect, and his skin became discolored, it became white. 
So he has to pay him now for another uh, medicine, for another cream or whatever it is, to bring back the color of the skin the way it is. So this is uh, paying for the medical bills without, there's no pain, there's, no, there's nothing else involved, it's just the medical bills for this. The Gemara here brings this example when the person was in the middle of healing, because this is like a common case where it's possible that a person to, should, should do such a thing. But it doesn't mean dafka in this kind of case. It means any case where a person causes this, this kind of a thing, a discoloration for the skin, where there's nothing else other than the medical pills that he has to pay. Shevis, when is there a case where you pay just for the unemployment that you caused the person? The hatke bin drune, when you lock the person into a room, ubatle, and because of this, he couldn't go to work. And so, so most Yishayim here say that this is only in a case where you actually picked up the person physically and put him inside the room, and then you lock the door on him. But if the person was already inside the room and you just lock the door, you don't pay for that because that's what's called a grama. You, that's a cause, grama bin izakin. If you only cause uh, damage, then you, you put the bedina yadam, only chay bedina shemaim. Baishas, what's a case where there's just embarrassment? The rakle ba'apay, when you spit in a person's face. So there's no, nothing else other than just the, the spitting, which is the embarrassment, and you pay just for that alone. Sheves, going now back to the Mishnah, it said in the Mishnah, when a person, you have to pay for the unemployment. How do you evaluate this? So you have to see this person as if in this time, when he couldn't work at all, as if he would have been a watchman for a cucumber field or cucumber garden, and that's the value that he gets paid. It's a very cheap, cheap job. That's what you're paying for this. We learned as the mission itself also addressed. You see, as if this person would have been just a watchman for a cucumber garden. Now, you're going to ask him this. That that justice is not being served over here. Why? Because the gavre. When this person heals, this person, the level of employment, the, 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 the income that he can make is not just as a watchman for a cucumber field, but uh, he can draw water, which and he gets paid more for that. Or he can be a messenger to a delivery boy, and you get paid for that more than just being a, a guard, a, a watchman at a, at a, at a garden. So you, you would think that if we're paying for the unemployment such a low rate, it's, it's, not, it's not justice. Says the Braise, midas adin loy loksa. No, this is fair because because the fact that this person cut off his hand or foot, and therefore as a result, he actually can't work. Rashi's proud of it here is that as a result, this person can't do any of these works. The only work he can do now is, is sit as a watchman at a, at a cucumber garden. But that, that value that went down of, of what he could have done before, that he was already paid separately, the Nezek. Now you have to pay him for this time period when he can't even do this job. So you're paying for, the, for the, this that he could have been a shame that he could have been a, a guard at, at a garden. That's, uh, okay, this is Rashi's proud of here in this Gemara. Omar Rav says, Kotas Yodai. If you cut off a person's hand, Naisinloi Dimei Yodai. So you have to pay for the value that now went down because he doesn't have his hand. Visheves, and as we said before, when you pay also for the unemployment in this time period, he's being healed. You pay him for, as if he's a watchman for a cucumber garden. Shibberis Ragloi. If you broke someone's foot, and we're talking here about breaking someone's foot that uh, it's not going to heal. It's all this. He's never going to be able to use his foot again. And the way he always, always able to. 
So you have to pay him for the value that went down now because of this, uh, because of the foot that he can't use anymore. And Vesheves, you pay him also for the unemployment during this time period. He can be a watchman at a door. Uh, he can't even, this person can't even be a watchman for a cucumber garden because he can't walk, he can't go around. If you blinded a person's eye, you pay him for the value that went down now that he doesn't have eyesight. And then you pay him for unemployment during this time period when he's healing, that he could, even without eyesight, he can still be a person that's there by a mill and he's, he's turning the, whatever, helping to turn to, to do what the mill has to, to, to grind. That even a person that's blind could do. If you um, cause a person to become deaf, you have to pay him for his value that went down completely. There's, there's nothing that this person can do. There's no work that the person can do. So therefore, you're going to have to pay him for the full value. You evaluate him how much he would be sold as a slave. And now that entire value, he can't do anything anymore. He can't be sold for anything. A person that's deaf can't do anything. There's the Shainim that say that if a person already has a certain set job from before, and he knows how to do his job already from before, so then even a person that's deaf might be able to continue doing his job. But otherwise, if this person can't do anything as a result of him being deaf, you have to pay him completely for this. Sarava asks, Kites yodai, what happens in a case where a person's hand was cut off? Vulayam do, but it wasn't yet evaluated. What the payment for this is? Shibiris then the same person came and further went and broke his foot. Vulayam do. And it still wasn't evaluated what the payment is. Simes Ainoi, then he further went and blinded him, Vulayam do, and it still wasn't evaluated. And in the end, he caused him to become deaf. Mahu, what's going to be the Allah in this case? Do you, what, what does he pay for this? Do I say, because he wasn't, it wasn't evaluated separately before when he cut off his hand and then his foot and so on. And therefore, you pay just with one evaluation at the end, now that he's deaf. And therefore, you're going to pay him for all, everything, the value that everything, the whole entire person has, because now he lost his entire value, you pay it all at once. Or you have to evaluate for each limb separately that he damaged. And that's how you pay him. Now the Gemara explains what exactly is the Sibayev here. Seemingly, anyways, in the end, if you cause them to become deaf, you have to pay him for everything anyways. So what difference does it make if you're going to evaluate separately or you're going to evaluate it all at once at the end? So the Gemara explains as follows. The relevance of this would be the Do you have to pay him for the pain or the embarrassment that there is by each one of them separately? And the Gemara explains. So the, the damages or, or then the, the, the medical bills or the sheves, the fact that he's unemployed for each one of them separately, that you don't have to pay. Why not? Now in the end, because he caused them to be deaf, so you're paying for the entire value of this person. You're paying for everything. Command the cutlet, dummy. So you, it's like you killed him, meaning you, you took away any ability for this person to have any value, to work in any way. So you paid for him fully. So now you basically have to pay him for the value of what he would be sold as an evet. So if you paid him fully, so you pay him for everything. And if so, you don't pay for his unemployment anymore because now he's like your evet. You pay him fully. And, and then the same thing also with the medical bills. You don't have to pay for the medical bills in between if he didn't heal himself in between. And now afterwards, he anyways can't do anything anymore. 
So therefore, you don't have to pay for that either. That's Rashi's pshat. There's other Rishayim that argue regarding the medical bills, but from Rashi, it's mashma. You don't have to pay for the medical bills at all. To make kula, you just you just paying him in the end. Once he became deaf, now so you're paying for everything, and that's it. You don't have to pay him for not for the shevet, not for the unemployment, and according to Rashi, not for the medical bills either. However, the question over here is regarding the payment of the pain that he uh, that he experienced before, and also the embarrassment. Maybe that you do have to pay for each one separately. Maybe you do have to pay for this, that when he cut off his hand, there was pain involved in that, and an embarrassment also. And you have to pay for each one of these, uh, what he did separately. Because he did experience Tzad and Baishas for each one separately. Or maybe not. Maybe no. Now, afterwards, at the end, when you're paying him for everything, once you're a chayrish person, now you're paying for everything, so now you don't go back and have to, you don't have to pay separately for each individual time that you uh, damage a person, his hand separately, his, and so on, everything separately. That's Rashi's proud over here in the Gemara. Taisus, though, disagrees. Taisus says, you for sure are going to have to pay for the tsar and baishas that you caused the person separately because you, you caused them an extra suffering and embarrassment for each one of these things that you did to him separately. The only question is, how do you evaluate this? Do you evaluate it all as one? You evaluate it all together? Or do you evaluate each action separately? If you evaluate each action separately, the payment comes out to be more. I think adds to this, this Yibaya goes a step further, even regarding this case, you're going to say, since he, was, he wasn't evaluated between each time, after you cut his foot, and then afterwards the hand, and so on, he wasn't evaluated in between. So you're paying it all at once, together, at the end, after he was deaf, and now you're paying just one time. And you don't evaluate, you don't pay for the Baishas and the Tsar from the before. Amduhu, what's if he was evaluated in between? Mahu, what's the Allah here? Mi Amrino, do I say, Kivindo Amduhu, once he was evaluated already by the Bezdin, each time separately, Chada Chada Baila Mesavla, you have to pay for each one separately. Aidilme, Kivindo Le Shalim, Yav Le Dmekule, since it was not paid in between, so you're going to have to pay just one payment in the end for everything together, and you don't pay for the Tsar and Baishas separately from before. Take all this remains unresolved.